1: Hey friends, this week's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that gives you access to mental health professionals right from the comfort of your own personal device. Texts, video calls, phone calls, whatever you need, BetterHelp can provide that. And you guys hear me all the time when I talk about that Therapy is magical. It's the place where I finally was able to make sense of my past, my present, and figure out what I wanted to do with my future. And if you're someone out there who has been putting off getting a therapist for whatever reason, um, this is for you. BetterHelp offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board-licensed professional counselors who specialize in a range of issues from anxiety and depression, family matters, LGBTQ issues, stress, and so much more. Through a series of questions, BetterHelp is going to match you with a mental health professional who will be there for you every single step of the way as you move from where you are to where you want to be. And as someone who's a huge advocate for mental health issues, I know that not everyone has access to it. So you'll be happy to know that BetterHelp has rates that are typically more affordable than the out-of-pocket costs of many traditional therapists. So if it sounds like something you need, I encourage you, go check it out today. Click the link in the show notes and give online therapy a try right now. Trust me, your mind, body, and spirit will thank you. Uh, shout out to BetterHelp for helping making this podcast possible. Okay, moving on. A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, so adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey friends, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin Garcia. I'm thrilled you're here. Welcome to episode 96. We are creeping up on 100 episodes and I'm really thrilled. I have been MIA for the past few weeks because I have been busy working on a shit ton of new things, new projects, new uh, jobs, a, a summer camp that I'm trying to put together by next summer, uh, traveling for a wild Goose Festival, which was wild and fun. Um, building a new business Um, so I'll tell you about that that in just a second but it's been really really crazy and I've loved every single second of it summertime for me uh, has been real life-giving and really clarifying about the things that I want and want to create uh, both with you and alongside you and uh, it's a time where I've kind of just taken control of my own creative work so uh, cool thing that's happened I launched a spiritual direction and coaching business and what the fuck does that mean? Basically, um, something I've noticed in my own work for a long time is that I was already providing pastoral care and spiritual direction for people, as well as trying to like give them ideas about how to build the life they want. And I thought about to myself, like, you know, I, I know that I could be a really good spiritual teacher. I know that I could be a really good resource for people. So how do I do it in a way that I can actually get paid? and actually sustain my life. And I actually hired um, a coach of my own to help me get there. So my coach, his name is Bradley Grennan. He is, uh, he's an amazing human, but really helped me make the switch both in my mind and in my practices to help this whole thing come to life. So I already have five clients. I've been working with them for about a month and the transformation I've seen in their lives is absolutely amazing. Everything from working with people on their coming out processes where I'm working with a couple people on reconstructing their faith. I'm helping um, queer folks overcome shame that they're still carrying. Um, and it's, it's just phenomenal to see the transformation so far. So if you think that coaching, hold on one second. I think I'm going to leave this in here. My friend just knocked on the door and brought me a slice of pizza. And so I just want to say, if you don't have friends who bring you pizza, you should find better friends. Um, anyways, Um where was it? Yes, it's talking about life coaching and shit. Um, so if you're somewhere out there and you're listening to this and you're somebody who has been struggling with like reconstructing your faith or overcoming shame or needing to have difficult conversations or creating boundaries for yourself or creating healthy relationships, finding new friends, like finding yourself as a queer person in the movement, finding yourself as a progressive person in a world that just isn't built for you, like whatever it is that you're struggling with, um, I want to be able to help you. So if you're, uh, if that sounds like something you need, if that sounds like coaching would be the thing that could help you get unstuck, I would love to have a conversation with you. You can go to thekevincarcia.com slash coaching, learn more about that schedule a call with me. And I would love, love, love to uh, figure out what we can do to help you live the joy filled life that you deserve. Okay, now that I've gotten all that out of the way, I want to introduce to you my friend and spiritual soul sister, the lovely and talented and fabulous Michael Anthony. Uh, I met Michael on the internets through Instagram. Like I think, I can't remember which one of us led into whose DMs about just the kind of work that we both are doing and what we're interested in. And he's just been such a kind person to me and has like validated so many of my, my weird woo-woo experiences and uh, we come from a background that's very similar. So in this conversation, we really dive into like how our relationship with spirituality, with Jesus and God and Christianity, how it's evolved into something really beautiful. It's so cool. So a little bit about Michael Anthony. He is a intuitive reader and spiritual advisor. For as long as he can remember, he's been drawn to the very essence of spirituality and felt a tug on his heart to lead and counsel those in need. This calling has led to him becoming who he is today. While he still has roots in Abrahamic religions, his branches of spirituality have spread out, chasing the light that nourishes his soul. Since 2012, he's had the opportunity to spread his wings and really dig deeper into his gifts, first discovering exactly who and what spirit is to him, and then from there discovering how it connects with the sacred energy that betters the lives of everybody around him. He believes in spirit guides and guardian angels and many other guiding energies of the universe. And While he personally believes in the existence of these beings, um, many of his services and readings are always open-minded and molded to fit the practices of his clients. He doesn't preach to own beliefs or to convert anybody. Merely, he's here because he believes that everyone has a message to hear. And let me tell you what, we got some delightful and delicious and full messages here in our podcast conversation today. So please grab yourself... A drink or a coffee or a tea grab yourself a smoke or not grab yourself um, some incense maybe grab yourself some tea what do you need to grab grab onto your heart and <laughs> I don't know grab something grab grab a friend grab a glass of water and let's just dig into this delightful and delicious conversation with my friend Michael Anthony <music>
0: My name's Michael on the interwebs, I go by Michael Anthony. Um, I am an intuitive reader and spiritual life coach for the last seven years, which is crazy to say. I feel like it was just yesterday I said, Oh, I just started, you know, I'm just getting my feet wet, but it's been a full like seven years now, which is cool. Mm. Um, and basically, what that means is I do tarot and oracle card readings for people um over on my website thedivinerlife.com um, nice yeah aside from that i mean i do a million other things i'm kind of like a jack of all trades master of whatever i want so <laughs> so I, probably
1: like all the rest of us millennials out here doing like 18 different side hustles because that's the economy we live in now yeah
0: exactly it's like if it brings in some money and if it makes me happy then why not
1: like what yeah why just Same stay in one lane <laughs> Reasons I'm thinking about opening a fans-only account. You know.
0: Oh, well, I mean, again, to each their own.
1: <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. I don't have the, the self-confidence for that at all.
0: Yeah, I um jokingly one time, my husband and I were like talking to a group of friends about that, and they were like, "Wait, are you guys serious?" And we're like, "No." Could you imagine just like stumbling across this on the internet? So strange.
1: Yeah, could be. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably just like do it for the laughs of it because like. I guess, like, if I could... I know. What, that's, like, seriously, like, I'm I'm very much someone who craves intensity. And so it's, like, that to me sounds like something uh, obnoxious <laughs> and, and quite grandiose. And I'm just like, you know what? I would do something like that, probably. Spoken like a true Scorpio. Truly, truly. So you and I have connected on so many different levels, one of them being that we both came from like conservative Christian land where we didn't feel uh, safe about uh, how we express gender and how we uh, expressed our sexuality and our connection to God. And um, uh, we grew up in like the same kind of like evangelical Baptist world, you know, still loving worship, still connecting with uh, you know, Christian themes in some places, but also um, we've had our faith evolve. In really, really interesting ways. So, I would love, I was wondering if you could talk about a little bit about like the transition of your faith, like how you started, like, you know, like we said, like in Christianity, but then like what was like your turning point and how did you find your way into kind of a more expansive spirituality? Oh, uh,
0: that is a loaded question. Um, Listen,
1: <laughs> feel free to answer whatever you want or, to, or answer none of it. Oh, no. Talk about I, it, anything
0: else? Loaded only because it's, um, I think that my spirituality is still evolving and transitioning Mm, so like i can totally tell you where it started and how i got to where i am but i don't think that by any means i'm done (laughs)
1: oh i don't think anybody's ever done if you figure if y'all figure out enlightenment call me right me know if
0: you figure out enlightenment and you're still sticking around though like have you really reached enlightenment um yeah
1: if you don't disappear in front of me into like space dust and you and like fairies you didn't do it. Yeah,
0: full ascension. I expect to see you, like, skyrocket straight up to the heavens.
1: Absolutely. Just like on Pentecost. <laughs> Wait, that was Pentecost. Was, just kidding. That was the day of ascension, then 50 days later was Pentecost. I can remember my liturgical calendar.
0: Not me. That is one thing I do not know well. I'm like, uh, if I don't subscribe to the I calendar, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> going to know what's Anyways, So, um... Your,
1: sorry, your story, not mine. Yeah, <laughs> totally
0: fine. Uh, so I... Um, was born into what you could call a loosely Catholic home. Um, and that lasted probably until like eight or nine years old. So not very long. And then my family moved to Florida where God knows the Pentecostal lifestyle thrives. Oh God! And um, so when we first got here, you know, my family really went on kind of a search for, what they wanted and um it was this really strange transition as a kid because we were still going to like catholic school on monday nights uh ccd
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um where then on like this like
1: slide, catechism that's to get you ready for confirmation right yeah yeah
0: um and my sisters had all done it and so
1: you know i was kind of like
0: next in line so i was still doing that but then on sunday mornings we were going to this like not quote unquote non-denominational church mm-hmm. uh which was secretly pentecostal always and uh so i had like these two worlds happening where on one side i was being told you know you have to talk to a priest and you're you have to do like this that and the other in order to become a true catholic and then on the other side it was like oh you're already forgiven and jesus loves you and you can talk directly to him and you know so like as a kid i was like what what's the truth <laughs> like mm-hmm. a get where it
1: where is the truth yeah
0: exactly still asking myself that every day mm-hmm. um so eventually, um, I actually got kicked out of, uh, the Catholic, uh, oh, like CCD thing because I was asking, you know, uh, how come I have to talk to a priest or like, why can't I just talk to Jesus myself? And, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't like that. So it wasn't necessarily like kicked out so much as it was strongly encouraged that I stop asking questions.
1: Oh, that's horrible. And,
0: uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'm a kid. I'm going to ask questions. You know, why is your favorite word at that age? Yeah. So we eventually just started going full-time to the non-denominational church, and my family got super involved. Um, over several years, we took the church from this tiny little, like, one room, everything happens in the same room church, to this giant, um, we basically took over, like, the next two buildings and turned it into a wow. full-on church. So we were there for, like, the build-out. We, um, me and my dad were on the praise and worship team. My mom ran, like, the kids' church, my sister... Mm -hmm. Um, also did children's church, but she was like dating the pastor's son. So we were like real involved, uh, Mm -hmm. there probably six out of seven days a week. (laughs) And then when I hit my teens, um, -hmm. I got more involved in the worship team. Uh, you know, I was doing like two Sunday services and a Wednesday service. And then occasionally I was also volunteering for two or three other churches at a time doing their praise and worship. So wow. I basically, at like 16, 17 years old, was doing a full-time worship gig while, you
1: know, normal high school student stuff. Dang, I wish I had that. I wish somebody would have hired me for that. Oh, it was not
0: me. for pay. It was for, no! thanks, that's and how you doing? Like
1: That's horrible, and that's also exploitation. You deserve, you them, <laughs> call them up, Get your reparations. Excuse me,
0: some of that tithe belongs to me. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I really loved it at the time, and it was... In an an escape, because you know, it's Mm. school was not um, my favorite time. So, sixteen, I was already well out of the closet um, Mm. to friends, friends, and mostly family. And then, very shortly after, to my entire family. So, that was already happening at school, where I was starting to get like the bullying and the like, figuring out who I was, and being like the only openly gay kid in like this small podunk town in Central Florida. Right, uh, and so church for me was kind of like an escape which sounds kind of weird to most people
1: no no but I totally get that.
0: but like to be in worship whether we were in practice or like during actual service for me it was like me and God it didn't matter who was there who was looking mm-hmm. I was by myself in my own yeah. spirit um, then eventually uh, one of the churches that I was helping out with I clearly distinctly remember this day. Um, one of the pastors was like, hey, you know, your dad said that we could go get lunch after church. He's going to come with us. We're going to chit chat about some stuff. And my gay ass was like, I know what that means. I'm going mm-hmm. down. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, Secrets he, out. Yep. Took me to a Wendy's, sat me down, uh, compared my sexuality to uh, his struggle with pornography <sighs> um and his own like internal struggles that he had as a teen questioning sexuality. And, um,
1: you know, I, (laughs) you're not the first person to tell me that like a straight pastor has told those like, well, sometimes I felt a thing for a guy friend. of mine. like, did you want to have sex with your best friend? Did you? Right. Exactly. Did you you do it? Tell me, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Did you think about it for more than five seconds? Did it keep you up at night? Did you fantasize? Do you you still think about it? That's what I want to Come, Hey, come on somebody. Yeah.
0: He didn't say what kind of pornography he was struggling with. Just pornography.
1: Hey, no descriptors. Of course not. Um, it's all sin under the as yeah, of God.
0: <laughs> so right, continue I, speaking. I but, just, but also,
1: they broke it to you at a Wendy's. At a Wendy's. Like so cl- I, yep. so cl- at least take me to like an Applebee's, a, a, a Ruby Tuesday's. No, nope. it
0: was a Wendy's. And I remember sarcastically at one point, like, popping a whole chicken nugget in my mouth and just rolling my eyes, like, let me chew this chicken nugget before I say anything rude to you. Because uh, mm. I was a very outspoken, I did not, you know, I wasn't uh, – I wasn't your typical central Florida raised kind of kid. Like I was not taught to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It wasn't like that Southern energy in my household. i family's from New Jersey, New York. We certainly speak our mind. So
1: real quick, real quick question. So like when, uh, at this point you're out at school, you're out to your family, what was your like relationship like in your family around you being queer?
0: Um, so they were super accepting, uh, I say super accepting now because the older I get, the more stories I hear, the more i realize exactly how accepting they were.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: My story and my narrative was much different as a teen. And I think some of that came from like needing to fit into that. You know, my, my parents don't accept it. I'm a Christian queer and it's super difficult. And I really played into that a lot as a teen, which um, as an adult, I never realized it's a terrible thing to do, but mm-hmm. Um, they were very accepting. Uh, For a while, it wasn't that we didn't talk about it because it was something they disliked so much Mm -hmm. as it was, we didn't really know how to have that conversation, especially because, you know, they saw me so involved in the church and they saw me so openly Christian and openly gay. And like, I had a. You
1: were, in a, you were an anom- anomaly to that. Yeah.
0: I had a um, giant, I'm going to call it like a three foot cross painted on my wall as a teenager. And it said, in like, room yep, your on my bedroom wall, painted it myself. It said, like, I love Jesus Christ real big on my wall, like a whole wall mural. Huge. Oh my God. So, like, I was, like, I only listened to worship music. I lived at church. I was openly gay. It was like this weird thing. And yeah. so when the church I'm
1: like a delightful human and I wish I would have known
0: you oh thank you you probably would have hated me I was real sassy no
1: girl <laughs> precocious is one word for me going
0: up. okay well then yeah we probably would have been best friends
1: yeah
0: uh so it was probably weird because the church was telling them one thing and like I was telling them another and like who do you believe the the massive group of adults or like
1: your 16 year old kid you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that's probably a hard thing so um, yeah, so you're at the Wendy's, you pop the chicken nugget in your mouth before you mouth off at him. Yep, and I
0: uh, kind of just held it in, and I really thought to myself, like, your dad is sitting next to you, he clearly looked uncomfortable, I could tell that he was not having it, but was letting me make my own choice and my own decision, and I just very politely said, you know, I unfortunately am not going to be able to play on your worship team anymore, like, mm. just flat out gave him the answer, he continued to try to talk about it, and I just stayed silent. Um, And it was really empowering to me to be able to look over at my dad and know that at such a young age, he was giving me that freedom of choice. Um, And then from there, it really became this really hard fallout. Every other church I worked with, I constantly questioned, like, are you truly seeing me? Or do you only look at me and say, like, oh, that gay kid that we have to watch and monitor and censor? Um, So my relationship with the church after that point as strong as I tried to be, became really difficult. I just didn't know who was judging me and who was truly accepting me because no one would actually talk about it. There was no affirming voice saying, like, we're aware, we know who you are, we see you for who you are, and we love you for who you are. There was always Mm -hmm. this, well, you're a good piano player, or you have a good voice, or you're vital to the team. But there was never anything affirming. It was just, Mm -hmm. we need you kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, uh, there's always a, such an interesting thing within like church culture because like you're not the first gay guy on the worship team to like really pull that shit together because we're always pulling that shit together. <laughs> yes, like it's, it's like it's in Pentecostal churches and I think also like in like in like black black Baptist churches like that's definitely the thing like it's like oh Mr. Such and Such or or like Deacon Such and Such like oh you know he's just in the in the spirit.
0: Because mm-hmm. where like, else are we going to this- go? I mean, naturally. I think we just yeah. gravitate towards the worship team. It's the,
1: it's the thing it's to the most do. Fun. Yeah. And also like we're the only one qualified as a homosexual, we are the only ones qualified to run that team.
0: Yeah. I mean it's our birthright.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you stepped off the teams and what was that what was it like after that as you began like, you know, figuring out how to relate to faith now?
0: Um, so after that is when I started looking at um, other spiritualities in general, I really took kind of a nosedive into theology books, not from a practicing standpoint, but just from a what else is out there. Um, Because while I had a really personal connection um, to God and Jesus and like the Christian faith, I felt like there had to be something else because there have been millions of other gay people out there that somehow find their way through life and I couldn't imagine a life without spirituality. So I knew there had to be something. Right. So uh, I took like a really book, smart, logical way to trying to figure out spirituality, which didn't work. I did that for years mm-hmm. um, until eventually I kind of just gave up. Like I buried my face in four jobs and trying to get through college. and right. um,
1: which. What did you study in college?
0: Um, I studied the first semester of an AA multiple times.
1: It's what I studied. What is an AA? I'm sorry. It's just
0: like your your general education. I oh, redid my first semester over and over and over um, until I realized that education was not my thing. Mm. Uh, so eventually um, I decided that there was no reason I couldn't have like my own spiritual connection at home. Um, so I just started doing like my own little Bible study and my own little prayer um, kind of routine. And mm tried to reestablish that connection after several years of like being on my own. Right. Um, And it was actually at that time that uh, I finally reheard the voice of the Holy spirit for like the first time in a long time. And Mm. it showed me uh, it wasn't necessarily a voice as much as it was an image. um, Mm -hmm. The face of who is now my husband. And I was like, okay, don't know what that means, but sure. I'll reach out to him. Um, Fast forward right after that day, we had like our first date. We moved in together a few months later. I moved to Tampa. I like left everything that I knew behind, which I took Mm. as like a sign of, you just need to get out. um, Because like I said, it's a very small town where I grew up. Um, And so I didn't know the world. So that brought me to Tampa. A series of events happened, um, a series of jobs after job, uh, which I now know were like divinely guided. And I finally ended up at a weight loss clinic What? Where's the spiritual path going? Who knows? (laughs) Um, And after working there for a really long time, one day my boss was like, hey, I bought you a gift. Don't know if you're interested or what you believe in. I think it might be kind of off your game, but I'd really love for you to go see this person that I see. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, whatever. You paid for it. I don't have to pay for it. I'll I'll do whatever you want. You pay my bills. So great. Um, And she sent me to a angel therapy practitioner.
1: Uh, Interesting. And
0: I was like, okay, what is this? And I sat down and that woman, Mary Jo is her name. Oh my gosh. I sat down on her couch. There was like twinkling music playing. And she said things to me that I had only ever heard in my own, in my own mind. Mm -hmm. Um, She reminded me of like imaginary friends that I had as kids that she told me like, Hey, those weren't imaginary friends. They look like this. Their name is this. They are actually spirit guides. Like, How do you know that, ma'am? I don't know you. You don't know my family. Um, She told me a lot about the, my spiritual path, um, about how she knew that I had been like strongly burned by the church and that um, it had like ripped me away from my connection to music. And it all came down to this one line where she basically told me you were destined to help other people to bring messages to other people to help them heal. And I was like, I've heard that thousands of times. I had been giving what I then called prophetic word in the church, Mm -hmm. like every Sunday, calling people out, sharing messages. Hey, yo, Holy Spirit has a message for you. Here it is. Now I refer to it a little differently, but um, yeah. So from that day forward, I dove headfirst into the diviner life. um, And I almost like within a month immediately started like my professional practice. So I studied 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 um pushed myself to learn basic tarot and oracle card readings and i did like half professional half like freebie for your friends on the side um and that was seven years ago now here i am
1: here you are damn son that
0: was a lot i wasn't expecting to tell that whole story
1: (laughs) i know but that's shit that i love which is because like because like that is the stuff that dreams are made of in my opinion yeah well and what i love about your story so much is like it mirrors so much of my own it's like i think it's when we like i think this happens for a lot of queer christians and i won't say it for all queer christians because i know many who you know they find out that jesus is cool with gay people and then they don't like they don't need to interrogate their faith any further they feel comfortable where they're at and like they don't go much beyond that which is you know can be annoying in some ways but i understand like some people like they just don't want to plumb the deeps, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think for, like, folks like you and I who, it's almost just like we, we realize that, like, this one system that was handed to us it isn't working mm-hmm. the way that we were told it was supposed to work, you know? We realize for some people it does, but then really, when we hear God calling to us, it's like, oh, God, you're not in these four walls under this steeple. You're somewhere out there. Yeah. And... I think it's almost. sometimes I'm really thankful for like the way that like my relationship with the church ended because if I had not, I mean like my church, my relationship with the church hasn't ended obviously, <laughs> but like the way that it went down the first time and I like left evangelical world. Mm-hmm. It's like that sent me down the path to start exploring all the other sorts of things and you know, how I started getting into terror myself and like alternative spirituality because I feel God in it and I don't know how to explain it other than that. And it's like, how do you, you know, how do you describe like being in a body? You know,
0: yeah. I mean that.
1: That's exactly that's exactly how I feel about my connection to God. Is like it's it just is.
0: Yeah, that cliche phrase of like a, a spiritual being living a human experience has mm-hmm. become more and more true to me every single day, um, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like. Even just like right little self-care, like when it does actually come to physical health and like taking care of the body, I mm-hmm. realize that when I do it as like a spiritual practice, when like taking yeah. a shower isn't just taking a shower, it's like also letting go of all that crap from your day and letting all that go down the drain. When you really view life on every level, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, mm-hmm. whatever, it's totally mind-blowing. Like why don't they talk about these things everywhere to everybody why was i not taught in the church like yo it's not just about preaching to people it's not just about coming to church on sunday it's about every single thing you do being in connection with god like that is probably the most amazing thing that i've learned in my journey is um or and actually that's that's actually why i named my business the diviner life because it's about like finding the divine in everything
1: do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Yes, I did do I go off on is. some
0: weird tangent? I think I did, but
1: no. But that's like, this is where this is where my conversations always go. Okay. like <laughs> so because that's that I think is like really nails it on the head. Is that like this whole point of us being here is to like? I mean, I don't honestly don't know the answer to that. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest, I was like, yes, but I've like, been looking
0: for this answer. I pulled out a pen I'm here, I'll I wrote it I down.
1: It. Um, but like it's i think i think one of the reasons that we're here is to to kind of just like figure out what it is i don't know sometimes i was talking with a friend of mine i'm just like so if we all came from the the divine or came from the source like that means that there was a moment before existence that like we were in perfect unity with everything Mm -hmm. and i feel like our lives as embodied creatures is to just figure out what it is to to, to see God in ourselves, to see God in everything else and how to just like live in that state of like, I know that I'm going to be reunited to this, to the, to the, to the source, to whatever divine union is. And, you know, I can still have that now. I think that's what, when Jesus was talking about life everlasting, like, that's what he was talking about. Just like, you're connected to all of this.
0: Yeah. And I, one of the really big things that I emphasize I feel like I talk about this all the time with clients. Like somehow our readings always end up back on the same subject. And it's me reminding them, like, you don't have to re-find that connection. You're not trying to re-plug in. You've been plugged in. Like the whole time. You are always connected. It's not a matter of figuring it out how. It's a matter of like accepting it and just saying, I know that I'm connected. I know that I'm plugged in. I know that me and God and the divine are all one in the same thing. It's just a matter of realizing it more than it is trying to figure it out or trying to get back to that place. And every time I say that to someone, they're like, whoa, you mean it's not hard work? Like I don't have homework to do. And I'm like, no, you just have to wake up every day and remember that you are a spiritual being, that you are connected to everything. Yes. When yes. you make that shift, oh my gosh, the whole world changes.
1: It really does. Like, i tell you what, and like nothing, nothing will liberate you more and nothing will be able to like, I mean, yes, I am someone who's still prone to stress and worry and all those things. But just like oh, yeah. when I can't, when I can remember the, the truth, when I can remember that like nothing, neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation can separate, separate me from love. Like, that changes my perspective of how I approach everything. Like, whether it's, like, a relationship or whether it's a job opportunity or it's uh, my own healing. It's, like, I can't fuck this up. You can't. You
0: know? You really oh, can't. I had, sorry, I don't know why this story just popped in my head. Do you mind if I tell you a quick no, story?
1: Please, So, want it.
0: Um, like I said before, my family and I, we kind of, we... The, the gay thing was um, never really like a struggle, but we didn't talk about it a lot. So when we finally started talking about that, when my spirituality shifted and I was like, yo, guess what? I read tarot. Um, we had like that same feeling again of like, mm, well, we're not really going to talk about it. We love you, do what you want to do, but we're not, we're not sure how to talk about it. Yeah. So I never really brought it up. And I had been practicing like in my profession for years. And finally, one day I was really struggling. I was not getting answers from the cards. I was not getting answers from prayer about a job change. And something in me was like, ask your dad. And I was like, ask my dad for what? I can't be like, yo, ask God what I should do. But I did anyway. So <laughs> I called my dad and I was like, weird question. When you have a minute, if you could just like pray about this and tell me what you hear. And he was like, what I hear? I was like, yeah, just tell me what you hear. And I was expecting like maybe a callback, maybe not. And it was maybe an hour later he called me and said, um, so I just had to pull over on the way home because I prayed about it. And I couldn't, like, keep all the information in my head at once. And I don't know what happened, but I had to write it down. So I pulled over and I wrote it down. And I'm going to get back to you when I can sort through it. And I was like, mm. yeah, made my dad mm. chit-chat about the So um, when we finally did talk, his answer was exactly the same. As the cards, as the prayer that I was getting back, it was, I'm giving you the answer of I'm not giving you an answer. Um, it was, like, you have to experience... Making this decision on your own. But mm. either way, it will eventually lead you to being closer to me, meaning closer mm-hmm. to God or to the Holy Spirit, source, universe, whatever. And
1: closer to self.
0: Yeah. And I was like, So you're saying that I could do A or B, but either way, I'm ending up in the same place? And he was like, mm. Yes, that is the answer. And I was like, Ugh, Of course, that's the answer. um And so now I think about that all the time when I'm. Um, Like, you know, how do I get closer to God? Or how do I get closer to what I'm supposed to be doing next? And all the time I hear that same message over and over. Like, no matter what you're going to get there, so just enjoy the ride. Do what you're going to do. Get there as comfortably as you possibly can. Just show up. Okay, fine. Just, I'll get there eventually.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I think there's so, like, there's this fear that we have about messing up. And this fear we have about being wrong like what if i didn't hear it correctly or what if i'm not doing exactly what i'm supposed to be doing or what if i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing and i think that what how you explain it is exactly correct i'm just like whatever you do like be there yeah whatever you like desire you can go after that if you want to because yeah you might fail and then you can do something else when you're done
0: exactly you might end up in a totally different place but that doesn't mean you ended up in the wrong place
1: you just Mm -hmm. ended
0: up where you're supposed to be
1: yeah and if it's not where you're supposed to be you can go somewhere else figure out figure that's the thing is like there's like again there's no way to fuck this up i think there's all i used to be so i was such a i think i was a very fearful person for a long time because it was constantly you know you know money job um you know who who is gonna have sex with me etc cetera, etc cetera. but now it's like i i feel and i i think this is a complete product of like having to come out and going through like this spiritual transformation and evolution that is still evolving and it's just the sense of just like we really don't have control over tomorrow yeah and we, we really and i know that's such a cliche thing to say but the, the truth of the matter is just like um I think it was my dad's death that really sobered me up to the fact that I am mortal. Mm. You know, that this body is eventually going to expire. Fomento mori. Yeah. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And I just keep thinking, like, my dad died at 59 years old from pancreatic cancer. I'm sorry. And I'm thinking, what if I only have 59 years? That means I got 30 years to get my shit done. And everything after, like, and I don't know why, like, this just like stuck in my head. If I keep thinking, like, if I live past fifty nine, I am doing okay, <laughs> which is so fucked up. If and you I think live I past to today, right you are doing okay. Hey, that's the. Word if you right think
0: there. about the, I am just gonna fangirl for a minute here. If you think about the amazing things that you have already done by thirty, like, girl, you've done enough. You've done above and beyond. You've done extra. You did the damn thing. Good for you. You want to retire now? You retire now. I'm just saying, Kevin Garcia has done enough. Everything beyond here is extra credit.
1: Girl, don't make me cry right now.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying, it's true.
1: (sighs) Thank you for saying that. You're welcome.
0: I mean, yeah, you're
1: welcome. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm just going to receive that. I'm not going to try and refute that. I'm not going to try and rebut that because my mama always told me that when people are saying things about you, you just say thank you. It's not your business to say otherwise.
0: Oh, okay i always tell people just accept the gift
1: yeah that's exactly it Say,
0: oh well no nope. just just accept the
1: gift yep i was telling somebody else all the time i'm just like i think you're cute like oh i'm not that cute i'm just like excuse me are you telling me that I'm this wrong? was not a discussion <laughs> yeah um so um when you're working let me just shift gears for just a second yeah. like um When working with, uh, you know, oracle readings and tarot cards and, like, working with um, your clients, um, I think, you know, whenever I, like, read tarot for people, I'm I'm usually, for some reason, I'm a lot of people's first time tarot card reading. Mm. um, And they don't really know what to expect. And it ends up a lot of times, like, I think, like, uh, it's meaningful, but it's not, like, as, like, ooky spooky as people think it's Yes. Like, people are always thinking it's like there's going to be like shit moving around and like spirits rolling up in the Lights room. Lights are going to
0: flicker. Your
1: dead Aunt you Carol's
0: going to show up and say, and, I know what you did.
1: Yeah. And then turns out it's actually your great Uncle Steve. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, did you give your mom that $20 I told you to give her back? For uh. And then you feel really guilty, and your mom's in the room, is really awkward. That's what happened during my tarot sessions. Just. Like <laughs> No, but like I, I was like, I'm wondering just like for you, like, um, you know, when you're giving tarot card readings, like, what's like, what's you know, your general feel, like, what's what's your method? Do you have a method? Do you have any rituals you do? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious as to like what your practice looks. Those
0: like. are all really good questions. Um, I think when I talk to other tarot readers, they always tell me basically like you do it wrong, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, it's working for me. Um yeah, I probably
1: do it wrong too to be honest. I
0: do not follow the book and I think part of that is because I spent so long following other people's garbage rules in my spirituality like I'm over it. I don't need you to tell me how to do it. So right. um when I sit down for a reading um I flat out tell people, "Hey, just so you know, this is going to be like real talk. I'm going to give you homework. It is like I just do like rough hard truth." Most of the time, Mm. I don't fill it with um, what most of my clients end up calling like the woo-woo stuff. I don't Mm. do, I don't try and make it like this over-the-top fortune teller psychic booth thing. Yes, I'm just like real talk advice. You came to me because you need healing or assistance or a message and like, I'm just going to tell it like it is. So um, I don't really follow any specific spreads. I don't really... Um, always ask questions sometimes I just shuffle and like I pull cards till I think I'm done and then I just Mm. talk Um, and I know that kind of sounds messy but it really is organic and I never really know what's going to happen but I do always start with um, an invitation and a thank you to spirit um, usually as a prayer and I just say like thanks for being here thanks for showing up I'm listening it's very casual I talk to spirit like it's my best friend Um and then I always tell people I don't really look at the cards, if I'm honest. Um, I kind of use them as a distraction to my physical body while my spirit takes over.
1: You're not the first person to say this to me, like one of my other tarot friends, it's the same exact thing. It's
0: exactly what it is. It's like my eyes and my body needs to be distracted by something, because otherwise I'm gonna be way too i I'm easily distracted, shiny objects, ooh, what's that Mm -hmm. kind of person. Um and for me, it comes as downloads. It's like instant information. Mm-hmm. So I don't hear things or see things often. It does happen sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes I have to tell a client, ooh, give me a minute. I got to sort through this package that just like landed in my mind. Mm-hmm. Give me a minute while I unfold it because I it's a lot of stuff. Um, and then from there, I usually make sure that I give people like, applicable work to do because i don't think that just hearing the information holds them accountable and i don't want my clients backing away from me at any time being like oh well yeah he told me this would happen and whatever we'll see how it goes Mm -hmm. i flat out tell people you have work to do here's what you got to do i'm going to check in on you like follow up and say did you do this did you do this until you do it Mm because you hired the right person you're welcome (laughs)
1: Yeah, you are a spiritual coach. Yeah, I
0: really make sure that the coach part stands out. I don't, I just, I feel way too responsible otherwise. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I would also, I would argue that that is pastoral care, my dear.
0: Uh, Sure, call it what you want.
1: (laughs) You know, and whatever, I mean, that's what we call it over here in Presbyterian land. That's at least what my Presbyterian friends call it. I ain't a Presbyterian, though, because I don't want to study two languages in
0: school yeah i'm
1: that's literally honestly that's literally what it comes down to for me which is super shallow but like i know myself i struggle with english you know? so i mean come on somebody i'm taking hebrew next fall shit's gonna eat me a lot good
0: luck i actually almost went to school for english literature uh mm. hence the reason i only made it through my first semester multiple times i was like nope yes. apparently i don't like english as much as i thought
1: yeah it's a rough life yeah I th- I what th- what I love about like your process it's very similar to mine is that I have the cards and I know like the meanings and whatnot. But a lot of times it is the same thing you said is like, I'll set these cards out. I'll pull extra cards if I feel like I should. Um, but a lot of times it is that that sense of just like, like almost like you know like growing up. I too got the prophetic words and I was like, I would get like th- the dreams and I would get the pictures for people and I would be scary on point. <clears throat> Um, And then when I started reading cards for people, like I would lay them out. I was like, well, this is supposed to mean this. But like what I'm hearing is like, you know, you're having a problem with your business partner and you're very close to them. I said, said, is that like a a spouse or a sibling or something? And they're just like, oh, it's my brother-in-law. I'm like, hmm, okay. You know, we just, it's it's one of those things where it happens so similar to me. And like, I, I don't see it any different from asking for somebody for a prophetic word. Or asking somebody to like you know just let me know if like you know god whispers anything in your ear like that's like something that me we would say all the time in pentecostal land but like you people you know like it, it's first of all that i think the whole practice of prophetic words within uh the pro or the pentecostal tradition is like so witchy mm-hmm. and
0: i mean what isn't witchy? Words, when you once you get into pentecostal land it's they're all yes, witch, oh let's my just god. be honest
1: Abs- absolutely they're literally like add a you Know, add a pinnacle in there, and you could they could be, uh, <laughs> they could be yeah. get real witchy, but um, but yeah, it's so comforting to meet somebody who I feel like has had like a similar experience to myself because it's, I feel like I won't say that it's rare, but I think that there's a lot of folks that are still kind of like uh in the closet, so to speak, of expanding spirituality or like their own faith, like evolving into like different things and different metaphors and different practices yeah i mean it's a
0: struggle i it's funny that you said the word witch just now because it wasn't until Mm -hmm. maybe a few months ago that i actually didn't cringe when somebody Mm -hmm. called me a witch or referred to what i do as like some form of magic um Mm -hmm. because like i was still dealing with that internalized fear Mm -hmm. of like that means i'm gonna burn like i'm my physical body's gonna burn. My soul's gonna burn. Like, don't call me a witch. Um, and then I found so many people on social media, which is honestly the best place for anybody going through mm. like similar paths. Where I found like hashtag Christian witch, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this a thing? First, I did like learned gay Christian, and now like there's a thing called a Christian witch. And I'm like, it's just so interesting to me. Like every day, I discover something yeah. new that I didn't realize that I internalized, but.
1: Uh, yeah there's so much like even like there's like so much like as queer folks especially like queer folks who grew up in conservative southland like we're all it's, it's always something new like me and my therapist we got
0: funny to talk always about. something to talk about um
1: what's so funny is that like um i hit the jackpot with my therapist because she is also a queer christian woman oh, uh mary give me her number. and and on top of that she's also a witch and she is also um, non-monogamous, and I'm just like, wow, you really are like hitting all of my marks right now.
0: That must be For so amazing, because you probably feel just so heard, like you don't have to explain yeah. yourself constantly, which is the most tiring part of like yeah. meeting somebody new or getting intimate with somebody. Is
1: yeah, Ugh. having to break all those different. So barriers. many closets. I think right. <laughs> And I, I think there's like a part of like where I've come to now in my own spiritual journey, where I realize like I've got nothing to lose anymore. You know, like I feel like when I like I left, you know, the evangelical church, I lost everything that was I thought was my life, and then turns out when you lose it, you get to find it again, mm-hmm. but like in ways you never expected, better ways when you actually are trying to follow spirit.
0: I think the biggest thing, I don't know why, What you just said something that to me was like, oh my gosh, that's it, that's the thing. When you said you don't have anything left to lose, I think the journey that you take as um, a queer person in the church or in any non-affirming or comforting group is that you know what it's like to really lose yourself. So, uh, like, for me, that's exactly what it is. It's like, at some point, you basically say, fuck it, because... It's like I've already known what it's like to lose myself, and I'm not doing that again. So when you compare everything else to who you truly are, you're like, "Mm, this or myself, I'm sticking with myself because it took me a long time to get back to that. So...
1: that was my conversation with michael anthony you can connect with him over across the internet at the Life, uh at the and if you ever want to schedule a session with him you can do that through his website he's an incredibly gifted reader so i would definitely suggest it um michael thank you so much for sitting down and getting weird with me on the internet it was so much fun can't wait to talk again soon The Tiny Revolution is supported by 140 people on Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, you're probably not somebody who sticks from the podcast world, so let me enlighten you real quick. It's the easiest way for you to support the creatives in your life that are making the content that matters. So if you liked this in any capacity whatsoever, if this was good for you and you think, hey, we need more podcasts out there, more videos about being queer and Christian and queer and spiritual and all these bigger and better conversations. You're the one who's making it possible because honestly, this shit ain't free. You know, I'm paying my bills and it takes hours to put together and there's production costs, etc., etc. etc. So if you want to be the kind of person who makes these things possible, um, please go over to patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia and learn what it is to become a sustaining partner today. Um, there's already 140 people who think it's pretty dope, so you know, go find out what they know. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, I love you. So thank you to y'all who are supporting this far. And thank you for joining me again uh, in all the other really cool shit that I get to do because you make it possible. It's amazing. I am beyond hashtag blessed. I think that's all the things I have got to say. Oh, yeah. Remember, if you are somebody out there who needs therapy, um, you need to check out BetterHelp, the online platform that connects you with thousands of licensed professional mental health homies who can help you get to where you need to be. Um, you can go check out the link in the description, um, the show notes, um, to figure out how you can start online therapy today. And I think that's everything for me. Um, yeah. So until next time, my love, my beloved, oh, there's always this part that I forget rate rate us rate us rate us rate us. if you are listening to this anywhere else subscribe in spotify or on itunes or stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast um share it with some friends because honestly word of mouth is the best way for podcasts to spread uh, post this podcast to facebook tell your mother about it if your mother's looking to get into better podcasts um and then also um Rate us. Leaving a rating and a review is the easiest way for us to continue to grow our presence in the Apple iTunes. What are they, I don't, Is it iTunes anymore? Didn't iTunes die or something like that? In the comments below, let me know. Did iTunes die? I don't remember. Anyways, check me out across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. Check me out on the YouTubes. I'll be back probably early next week with another podcast and some really exciting information. Um, about episode 98 and 99 so (laughs) are you ready for something different and fun (laughs) i should stop um anyways i love you thank you for listening until next time make sure you you know call your therapist drink some water move your body eat something delicious take a nice hot bath put some rose petals in there some essential oils you know what i'm saying um bring your crystals next in there you know like put on some incense and then you know what uh put on some shits creek on your ipad or your laptop or whatever you are in your bathroom and laugh your ass off with a glass of wine while you're soaking because you know what babe you deserve it you really deserve it anyways this has been another episode of another (laughs) hold on Let me try it again. This has been another episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin Garcia. I can't wait to talk to you next time, baby. Bye.